Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking with Tim. This is a student-led, po- student-led podcast led by a student at CCS. This podcast was started to talk about mental health and many other topics that affect staff and students in the CCS district. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Columbus's own mayor, Mr. An- Mr. Andrew J. Ginther. I always mess up on that part. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Great to be with you, Tim. Thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. So today I have a few questions for you. Mm-hmm. How does the mayor's office work and interact with the Columbus City Schools District? You know, I really uh, view the, the role of the mayor is to be partner in chief to the superintendent. And so a couple of places we invest and focus on to partner with the schools is in early childhood and kindergarten readiness, helping more of our young people enter kindergarten ready to learn. Uh, and so we invest quite a bit into preschool, uh, child care, uh, early learning opportunities for Columbus residents. The other place we make investments is in after school. So after the school day ends, making sure that young people have uh, constructive, safe places uh, to, to, to do homework, to play, uh, uh, and uh, until they get ready to go home. And then in, in the summer, a place that we're, we've made pretty historic investments the last two summers in uh, summer youth programming, uh, summer youth employment, uh, and partnering with the school district there. Yes. So how do you think the COVID-19 pandemic impacted schools and businesses in Columbus? There's unprecedented time, right? We haven't yeah. been through a global pandemic in over 100 years, and I hope it's another 100 before we go back through one. Uh, yes. I think what COVID did was... Uh, I, I think it, it, it shined a bright light. It magnified some of the disparities and in, in, inequities in our community, whether it's in education, uh, health care, uh, employment. And, um, but there, there are some great things that, that have happened as a result of the pandemic. I think it's helped a lot of people uh, take better stock of work-life balance. Uh, the importance of family, uh, the importance of, of friends, uh, the importance of uh, getting good information and not yes. simply relying on somebody's opinions uh, or their tweets uh, or their posts, but really uh, asking questions and, and, and learning more. I think we've learned a lot about uh, why truth and science and medicine matter. Yes. I think public health for a long time was viewed as not as high of a priority, maybe as public safety and recreation and parks. And I can tell you this, after going through a glo- global pandemic, um, Dr. Mashika Roberts, our health commissioner, uh, was absolutely incredible. And Dr. Amy Acton at the state level, we wouldn't have been able to get through this. I would have been able to make good decisions as a mayor without yes. the medical expertise and the public health expertise that Dr. Roberts brought. Um, it was hard because we learned something new virtually every day as we were going through the pandemic. And sometimes that means that we had to change things and change the way we did things. And it wasn't because we, um, you know, didn't, we weren't trying to create drama or chaos. We were just learning more every day about a pandemic and a virus that, um, you know, was literally evolving and changing uh, and all the variants that came along with it. So I thank God for the vaccine yes. uh, because we now are able to sit, you know, a foot or so apart from each other uh, and 
two years ago. Uh, this may have been uh, not in person, uh, <laughs> yeah. and if it were, it would probably be several feet away from each other and masked yes. up. So, um, you know, I think we've learned a lot about ourselves. We've learned a lot about our community. Um, but I go back to the fact this is why we have to continue to invest in young people because I think they took the brunt of it. Uh, yes. And I, you know, from having to re learn remotely to not being able to see their friends, um, play sports, take place in act after school activities and theater and dance and all those types of things. And then those kiddos that happened to be juniors and seniors and during the height of the pandemic, they never had any of those special senior year uh, moments and experiences. And, uh, um, but I tell you what, uh, kids are a heck of a lot more resilient than adults. And uh, I've been very impressed with the way that young people um, have figured out a way to continue to move forward and build brighter futures in the midst of pretty uh, daunting things. Uh, I cannot imagine being a young person going through what they've been through the last couple of years. Yeah. So what are some of the things you hope to change and have changed in Columbus? Well, there are a number of things that we've really been uh, focused on. We, we, we talk about our equity agenda uh, and opportunity rising. One of the reasons I ran for mayor is, you know, when I ran back in 2015, two-thirds of the city was doing better than it had ever been before. But a third of our neighbors and neighborhoods had kind of been left out and left behind yeah. of the Columbus success story. And so our focus has really been through that lens of equity. How do we make sure that every family and every neighborhood is sharing in Columbus's uh, success? And so we've been very purposeful and intentional about focusing on neighborhoods like Linden, the Hilltop, the, the Far East Side around the Eastland Mall area is going to be the next area of focus for us. And, and putting resources and getting the private sector and other folks to invest in those neighbors and those neighborhoods as well and we're seeing some great progress uh, up to almost about a hundred million dollars worth of investments to to implementing and realizing the vision of the one linden plan a new hilltop early childhood center will open this fall right next to island elementary school and the boys and girls club there uh, and so that'll help get more four-year-olds uh, on the west side kindergarten ready um, and uh, continue to invest in that envisioned hilltop plan as well Yes. So actually, when I was researching you, um, I seen this on, uh, I believe, your website. And I thought, uh, I was thinking to myself, seems interesting. So what are some of the highlights of the initiative towards diversity and inclusion in your office and in Columbus overall? Yeah, we, you know, for a city and community as diverse as we are, we really didn't reflect that in uh, the mayor's office, the mayor's uh, cabinet, yeah. uh, police and fire departments. Um, and so that's been a big focus of ours and in our contracting, you know, uh, who we're doing business with. And so that's been a big focus of ours. And so I'm proud that we have the most diverse mayor's office and cabinet in the city's history. Uh, we have hired the first ever African-American female chief from outside the division of police to lead the division. Uh, and she has uh, made some significant changes. We're making more changes uh, to help us recruit uh, both police officers and firefighters, uh, but all of our city departments to better reflect the 
beautiful diversity of this community. We've doubled our uh, minority spend, so the amount of money that we spend, that we contract in buying goods and services, um, you know, with companies, female, minority, locally owned companies, uh, all work that we're proud of. But um, you know, there's much more, uh, much more to be done. One of the other things that we've done is the lower dot com field. The new yes. Cruise Stadium is a public-private partnership, and we got uh, uh, the the folks that were developing and building the stadium there to commit to thirty percent of the contracts for the construction of the stadium uh, be with minority and female-owned uh, businesses and contractors. They've even gone beyond that now and have minority and female-owned businesses that are part of their operations contracts as well. So we're excited about that. Yeah. So I actually live like right over here on the hilltops and we've, not even just in the hilltops, we've seen an increase in violence everywhere, not even just in Ohio. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the ways you plan to address violence? Yeah, we, you know, I really believe that uh, gun violence in particular yes. is a public health crisis. Yes. So last year, the CDC uh, determined that more young people died as a result of gun violence than car crashes. First time in America's history that more children died as a result of gun violence than car crashes. Uh, we have an epidemic on our hand, and I think in the last 20 years, the amount of firearms that have been uh, manufactured and distributed throughout our country is unlike no other time in American history. Uh, and unfortunately, at the state level, they're going in absolutely the wrong direction. Stand your ground legislation, permitless carry. Uh, you know, I saw that the state fair was actually encouraging and highlighting that people bring their guns to the state fair. Uh, you look at the course of human history, more guns have never made people safer. Uh, so I'm a big believer in common sense gun safety laws, yes. banning assault weapons, red flag laws, uh, you know, and requiring everybody to get a background check yes. that purchases a firearm. Um, I would implement those things tomorrow in the city of Columbus, but the legislature preempted. They took that power away from cities. Uh, so not only are they refusing to lead, they're staying in our way and taking away our power to do those things. So we're taking a different approach. And this is where Dr. Roberts is leading this work uh, because gun violence is a public health crisis yes. and we need to look at it through the public health lens. And so she and her team are continuing to work. Um, we really believe gun violence, you got to deal with it in a comprehensive way. It's got to be prevention, intervention, and then enforcement. Uh, you can't just police your way out of the violence that we're seeing. Uh, it takes prevention and intervention as well, and that's why we're investing in those strategies uh, so much. But um, the best way for us to make um, Columbus safer uh, is, you know, doing all that we can to prevent, keeping guns out of the wrong hands, uh, and then really being focused on a very small number of folks that are committing the overwhelming majority of violence. Yes. So this is actually a question that I had to ask myself. So what was the exact path that you took to become the mayor of Columbus? You know, um, my parents were significantly influential in my life. Uh, and so was that fourth grade uh, teacher I talked about earlier, yes. Ruth Ayo. 
uh, and she knew of my interest in public service. And actually, it was at Brentnell Elementary School that uh, she encouraged me to read my first biography on Bobby Kennedy. Yes. And so in, in fourth grade, uh, with her encouragement, um, you know, I knew that public service is what I wanted to do. We had foster kids in our house growing up. Yes. So um, my parents, over a 30-year period of time, I think had 47 kids that came through our house, some that just spent the night and some that just spent the night and spent 10 years uh, or longer. <laughs> uh, so I've always had kind of that service spirit about myself and politics and local politics in particular has always been my biggest interest. So I served yes. on the school board six years, eight years on council, four as president, and then uh, was elected mayor in 2015, took office in 16. I love it. I think this is the best job. This may be the best job I ever have, and I absolutely love what I do. Yes. So coming from you saying it's the best job, what's your favorite part and the hardest part of being the mayor? Um, well, certainly after the last couple of years, leadership uh, is very lonely at certain times, yeah. particularly dealing with crises. Uh, and so you mentioned violence. There's the pandemic. There's the great racial reckoning and reckoning around police and community relations. So the last several years, uh, I have been uh, barely lonely at times. And yeah. it turns out that... Um, Everybody, uh, it, it, it felt like at times I could do nothing right and that every time I turned around there was a new crisis. But um, you learn a lot in times of crisis yes. as a young person yes. uh, uh, or uh, as an adult. I would say this, um, mental health is exceptionally important. Yes. Uh, and I think we need to talk more about mental health and taking away the stigma yeah. that is associated with mental health. So I tell people all the time, I lost both my parents and my niece, 20-year-old niece in a tragic car accident while all that stuff was going on in these last couple of years. So I had, I see a counselor. I'm just rescheduled to go see her here in a couple of weeks after we get back from Lake Erie. I think it's really important. You know, mayors need help with mental health and yes. perspective on things. Young people need that help. Um, we shouldn't be shy about asking for it, and yeah. we shouldn't uh, feel bad about it. If, if you or I uh, got cancer or yeah. we had a heart condition yeah. uh, or we had some other chronic health issue, uh, we'd be cheering for each other, we'd be supporting each other, we'd be helping each other find the very yes. best help we could. But somehow or another, we still haven't figured out how to talk about mental health and why it's just as important as our physical health. And that's kind of the reason I started this podcast, because a lot of the people that I know, I've known way too many people that have actually took their life due to their own mental health. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very sad thing, but it, it's, it's real. It's yeah. not going away anytime soon. Yeah. And I think the last couple of years have, um, have made that harder. Yes. I think a lot of young people and adults have felt more, and, and seniors, have felt more isolated. Yes. Uh, disconnected, yes. depressed, mm-hmm. uh, more reliant on devices than humans for interaction uh, and for connection. Yeah. And, you know, human beings were meant to be around and with other humans. And that's why this pandemic has been so challenging for so many. Yeah. I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> I think that is all the time we have today. And thank you so much for coming on. You bet. You just made my whole, my whole life. <laughs> oh. well, thank you, Tim. It was a pleasure to be oh. with you, and 
let's do this again. Oh, just have Denise email me. All right. <laughs> I'll be open to it. Great okay. to meet you. Thank you. Thank you, Bill.